Welcome to the Canadian SME Podcast, a podcast for Canadian small businesses. We interview Canadian experts and entrepreneurs to provide expert insight into marketing, innovation, business leadership, technology, and trends that impact small business. Our mission is to empower Canadian small and medium enterprise to help you grow your business. Hi, everyone. This is Maheen from Canadian SME Small Business Magazine. Please join me in welcoming Alex Peters. Alex Peters is a co-founder and co-CEO of Prodigy Education. A graduate of Mechatronics Engineering at the University of Waterloo, Alex Peters has loved math since elementary school. Alex and his co-CEO, Roman Mahimkar, started Prodigy Education to create a more effective and engaging learning experience for students who struggle with math. While there is a great deal of commonalities between what we do today and what the edtech industry did 10 years ago, there are some massive and tangible differences. In this podcast, Alex has shared the fundamental principles you need to adapt to keep yourself relevant in these ever-changing times. Hi, Alex. On behalf of Canadian SME, I'd like to welcome you to our small business podcast. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Thanks for having me here. No problem. Now, Alex, I'm very pleased to be here chatting with you this evening, and I want to take this opportunity and discuss how we can help small businesses with your edtech platform in these challenging times. Now, six months ago, millions of people around the world were already using the digital learning platforms to master new languages or to like brush up, you know, health and safety laws or really to enhance their ID skills. That was before the coronavirus pandemic. Now, almost like overnight educational establishments around the world were forced to adopt digital learning and quickly came to rely on edtech platforms, whether they wanted to or not. Now, Alex, you and Rohan have uh, had a busy eight-year history. Uh, Prodigy Education has made huge strides to reach a level of success that proudly sits at today. Now, currently, your products are used uh, by more than 50 million students and one and a half million teachers around the world. What was the inspiration behind the launch of uh, Prodigy Education? Absolutely. So uh, I love that question because it kind of gets back to our roots, but it all started Mm -hmm. with wanting to find a more engaging way for students to learn. Rohan and I grew up Loved video games. We also happened to really enjoy math, uh, but those two experiences were extremely different uh, and still continue to be where as a society, we're not leveraging enough of what technology can offer when it comes to making sure that students are extremely engaged in the learning process. And engagement is kind of the ticket into any potential outcomes. If a child's not excited, if they're not paying attention, it's very, very difficult to teach them anything. So we started from a place where if we can get students engaged, we have a much better way, uh, uh, much we're much more likely to be able to teach them. And mm-hmm. then we work to create products that, that accomplish that. Absolutely. Now, as technology is evolving at such a fast pace, there's always this challenge of like progressing and reimagining education for all. Now, please share with us what changes Prodigy Education wants to bring in ed, into EdTech. Yeah, and I, actually, I think this is one of the other things that really defines our business is that we, since day one, have worked with the existing school system. We didn't start from a place of saying, everything that's being done today doesn't work. We actually, we really like a lot of things that educators are doing, that parents are trying to do to support their kids. And all we do is we try to make sure that we reduce a lot of the friction associated with that, make it easier for teachers to make sure that their students are practicing the right content for them to find out whether or not they're struggling with that content. And for that information to be shared between teachers, their math coaches, as well as parents, so that everybody in that system who all just wants to help their child learn is able to do so more effectively. 
That that's amazing. That's a good initiative. Now, currently, Prodigy is the fastest growing education startup in North America. You've had recent expansions into the UK, Australia, India. Now, in the last nine years, Prodigy Education has grown from <clears throat> sorry three thousand local users to more than a hundred million users worldwide. Now, it's 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 be, it's like being successful, right? Now, how do you define success? Absolutely. So, since very very early on, our mission has has been to help every student in the world love learning. And so internally, we, we take that very seriously. You could basically ask anybody in the company what our mission was and you'd get that exact answer back. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is it, it outlines our key criteria for success. So every student means we need to reach every student. And that's part of the reason why we work so hard with our business model is we've found a product that allows us to keep all the education content for free, free for students, kind of regardless right. of, of where they are in the world and how much... Um, in terms of other resources they might have access to. So every child has a chance to learn. Love learning, that love piece is really important. We've found that students who use Prodigy, especially those who, when they originally joined Prodigy, have lower confidence in math. We're seeing signs that we're actually able to, in only three months, start to improve how much they they enjoy math and their confidence in it. And that, that's really important because Prodigy right now covers one, one major subject, but learning is a lifelong endeavor. And so kind of one of the major things that we need, we look to accomplish is to fundamentally reshape students' attitudes, especially students who are maybe kind of on, on, a, on a path that's a little bit um, right. challenging longer term. And then the last piece is to make sure that they're actually learning. And so for that, we've partnered with third-party institutions like Johns Hopkins to more deeply research whether or not our product works because right. measuring learning is extremely complicated. You have to control for a bunch of external variables or things like people are just less likely to learn something when they're hungry. And so you just, you have to, you have to work with people who know how to conduct gold star research to figure out whether or not your products are working and then feed that back into your product dev cycle so that you can reach that mission. Wow. That's a big change from like, if you compare it to how it worked like back 10 to 15 years ago now, while there's a great deal of, you know, commonality between what we do now, like how you're carrying things now and like what the ed tech industry did like maybe 10 to five years ago, there are some massive tangible differences. Now, what are the fundamental principles you adapt to keep you relevant in these ever-changing times? Yeah, so we, we've touched on a, a piece of it, which is having very, very crystal clear goals, especially as we keep scaling up because yeah. now that we're at about 400 people, you can't just go have one-on-one conversations with everybody to explain them if, how something's changed. So mm-hmm. everybody has to be very clear on the long term and then adapt based on the how the market is responding to our actions. But right. on top of that, it's important to have a very, very strong team. So we've been blessed to have an, an absolutely amazing team that's continued to scale up with the company. But moving forward, we're looking to add another 400 people in 2021. That's right. a lot of growth. That's a lot of new people that are going to need to come in get grounded very quickly, understand our users and their challenges, and then meaningfully improve their lives. And for us, one of the major ways that we go about doing that is having a very, very well-defined culture where we have right. key values. We have our four key values, user-obsessed, radical candor, growth mindset, and extreme ownership. And that is brought to life through all of our, for all the way from onboarding, from interviewing to onboarding <laughs> to every process that they interact with. And we've been very lucky to have team members that respond well 
and keep growing in these changing times. Keep growing. Of course, like it's it's proven, but it just started with you and Rohan and there you are now with a big team and they're so, you know, productive and they are so motivated and they're creative in the first place. Now, entrepreneurs are facing many hardships, including, you know, ensuring the businesses they have, um, they put their blood, sweat and tears into to continue to stay afloat. Now, in like according to you, how do business leaders and aspiring entrepreneurs should bounce back from uncertainty and start their businesses under these challenging circumstances? Well, obviously, the, the exact tactics or strategies that are going to be used are going to be dependent on the industry. Within ed tech, uh, we've been fortunate in that the, the industry as a whole has responded in a way where there's been a push towards online education, remote learning, leveraging exactly. games and resources because student engagement is really, really challenging when people are working from home. Mm-hmm. More generally, a, a lot of businesses are started in a time of crisis. And one of, one of the advantages of a situation like this is that it helps people take a step back or forces people to take a step back and figure out um, is the way that I was doing things before the way that I want to be doing them in the future. And so like how do innovate ways, like their ways and do something that's more what's uh, consumer based right now? Well, exactly. And specifically within education, some of those major trends of like intense personalization for every student and connecting right. the school and the home, those would have taken a lot longer had something as terrible as COVID not coming along. And so mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't a net good thing overall, but within education, we've been able to pull forward some of that progress that was already happening to help make sure that more students are being helped by more of their parents and teachers and, and educators generally. Now, Alex, like observing the hectic situation in the world right now, you know, there are closures, reduced hours, layoffs. And as this COVID-19 crisis continues to evolve, businesses are doing the best they can to navigate the unknown. But the situation is already proving devastating for many. Now, what do you think? How important is it for small businesses to be aware of any risk ahead? So it's always extremely important to try to kind of think through risks. We as a company are spending a lot more time on trying to better understand the scenarios that, that you can't control. So we, we, have, we don't have a ton of control over how quickly a vaccine is rolled out. Um, right. Generally, what it comes down to is figuring it, coming back to your core mission for us, that core mission, and then figuring out how do some of these external variables affect the way that you go about reaching that mission in the short term while still staying true to the long-term vision. And so if you're a restaurateur, obviously that's going to be a very different approach and your short-term tactics are actually probably very, very different than than what you were maybe originally planning. COVID didn't really change anything when it came to our long-term vision. Mm -hmm. We did have to spend a lot more time on, okay, well, what does this mean for March or April? But it always was viewed through the lens of, we have to help students learn. We have to make sure that they love that process. So how do we go about doing that this month? Exactly. Now it's all based on industry to industry. There are some industries, they, you know, they have to like kind of uh, reevaluate their goals and the way they work, kind of restructure to be able to be, you know, survive and thrive during this COVID and beyond. Now, Alex, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share before we end the, this podcast? Yeah, I, I guess so. Specifically on kind of key advice, a lot of it is, um, prep. So as COVID hit, we weren't sure if it was going to be a net benefit for the, the company, if we were going to be able to, or if we were going to have to take drastic action. Taking the, the time and space to work on those important things, that scenario planning can be extremely valuable. Even right. Ideally, you would never have to use a lot of those scenarios, but it gives you confidence that you know how to react when the, the industry changes. Um, in terms of some of the things that I would just want to touch on for us as a company, we have been very fortunate. We are in a position to help people kind of deal with a very small portion of, of this crisis. And right. 
we are looking to add more team members to to help us with with executing on our plans. So if, if you know anybody who might want to work in an ed- Absolutely. No, this message will be conveyed to our audience. But honestly, I find this so uplifting. It's something, you know, I value uh, as well. But thank you so much, Alex, for taking the time to chat with me today. It was great learning more about you and your company. Uh, we wish we could speak to Rohan as well. But uh, talking to you and getting the, you know, hand, like a hang of, you know, what your company does was great. Um, please stay safe. And thank you so much for joining. Well, do. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. Thank you for listening to the Canadian SME podcast. Please visit canadiansme.ca to subscribe and join us next week as we share more expert advice from Canadian business leaders. Music